Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Mishnah's Beitzah, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Dalid, and Mishnah Hay. Mishnah Dalid is picking up where we left off, talking about the doves. A dove has to be prepared before Yom Dif, as in a person has to either pick it up and say, this is the one I'm going to slaughter on Yom Dif, or point it and say, this is the one I'm going to slaughter on Yom Dif. What happens if Zim and Shechor, a person says, these doves which are black, these are the ones I want. Umatzlevenim, and he shows up on Yom Tov and finds that they're switched out, and now there are only white ones there. Levenim, Matzlevenim, or vice versa. Shnai, Matzlevenim, or a person says, these two, and this dove coat, and this, and this uh, little pen over here, these are the ones I want, and returns on Yom Tov, there are only, now there are three there. Shloshim, um... Asurim. All in all three cases, we say they're Asur. Why the Asur? Because clearly, if you said these are the black, these black ones I'm preparing, and now you show they show you show up and they're white, it wasn't that they transitioned, but rather it's a new pair of doves that were not set aside. Um, also, the last case, if you you say two, now they're three, we have to assume that one of them you never you never actually chose, and we're not going to know which one it is, and therefore, because one out of the three is Asur, and we can't choose which one it is, they're all Asur. Now you may be thinking, one minute. This is pretty obvious. Why do I need a Mishnah to teach me if I set aside black ones and I show and white ones and I come back and it's white ones, or I set aside white ones and I show up and they're black ones? Of course, these are not the ones I set aside. So our Mishnah is actually a bigger chiddush. It's actually it's teaching us that what if I had two different cages of, of doves? One was black and one was white, and I come back and it's seemingly they switched, meaning to say that in the, in the black cage now they're white, and the white cage now they're black. We can assume there are two possibilities. Either the ones in the black cage flew to the white cage, and the white cage flew to the ones in the black cages, or it's just totally new birds that you never chose in the first place. The ones you had set aside flew off, hopped away, whatever it may be, and now new ones are there. Because of the possibility that these are totally new ones, we say they're all usser. But if you set aside three and you, sh- and you show up, now there are only two there, mutar, we can assume that one of them hopped off. What if the ones you set aside were inside of the cage, of, of this, not, it's not a cage because it's open, but it's an open cage, it's a dovecote, they're inside the birdhouse, let's say, and you find them in the ledge outside, assume them they're, they're prohibited. Why? Because again, it's two possibilities. Either the ones from inside hopped to the outside, or the ones from the inside flew away, and the ones on the outside are just some other birds flying by, saw a nice ledge, and went there to chill. Therefore, they're usur. But if you only have, these are the only doves you own, and you, now you find them on the outside, as in, on Erev Yontif, you showed up, wasn't that you had a dove coat of 30, um, 30 different uh, cages, if you will, 30 different houses, and then you only set aside one, and then you find them on the outside, so are these the ones you set aside, or the one from a nearby house fly over there, but rather, you only have these two, and you find two on the outside, we can presume these are the two you set aside, Hari Elimutarm is Mutter. Great. Mishnah Hay. It's this machlokas in Beishan Beishilu, which we're going to see is actually a very fundamental machlokas la halacha, in fasting halacha. Beishan 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 the, the way in which they had their um, stores back then was they, the, the ta- they had a table which they would put their wares on. That table then would actually go up and they'd lock it over the store, over the door of the store, to lock it at night. So basically the door of the store turned into a table. Beishan said you cannot remove this door because you totally had to remove it from the wall, again because it became your table, and therefore it resembles destruction, destroying. With Silamatir and Aflachs, Hill says not only allowed to remove it, but you allowed to return it as well. Why? Because if we don't allow you to return it, a person's not going to take it off initially because he's not he's gonna afraid he's gonna be afraid if you have to leave his store open. Bishama said you can't use a cleaver, which is a very large um a very large uh, knife 
to chop up meat because this is a cleave versus beishama which a person does not want it to get any nicks or scratches and therefore uh, it's considered muksa machmas and kiss the special category of muksa of things that you, you you're afraid of the monetary loss if it gets destroyed with silmatir says we actually waive the issue of muksa because we need this because because we need the uh, cleaver for simchas yamtiv to cut up meat for yamtiv when you slaughter an animal, which we know you're allowed to shaft on Yamtif, so you, now you have all the hide of the animal. Well, you don't want you, a farmer or everyone wants to use all the wants to use the hide. It's 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 worth money. So what the, the people would do is they put it in front of the uh, on the front of their store. So anyone walking in and out of the store would trample on it, and by trampling on it, it would prevent it from decaying, and it would begin the process of tanning it. So Beishama says one can't do this on Yantif. Not only that, you can't even pick it up. It's muksa. Elam can yesh imokazayas basar unless there's still an, an olive's worth, a kazayas of meat on this on this hide. I Meaning, if you have an olive's worth of meat on the hide, you can pick it up because you're really moving the meat. But once you remove all the meats and there's no utility to this hide, unless you actually go through a muksa pro, uh, isra process, thus this is muksa. We still matir. We still says no. You're allowed to. And again, it's a similar position. Masila says if we don't allow you to do this, so people are not going to want to slaughter their animals for yantif. Because why would I want to slaughter my animal, animal on yantif if I know I'm going to end up losing a lot of money on the hide? Therefore, Masila says this is an area where we allow the the uh, the beginning. Excuse me, allow the ending because of the beginning. We allow you to do things at the end because we don't want to prevent you from initially beginning the process. So let's put that on pause for a minute, actually. This halacha of we allow, sometimes we allow you to do things um, at the end because we want you, we don't want to prevent you from not doing things in the beginning. That we, we allow you to... Uh, Essentially, put the pick up this hide because we don't allow you to do this. Do so, says Beis Hillel. You're not going to, want to initially cut the meat, shech the meat. You're not going to meet for Yantif. Rav Moshe Feinstein actually learns out of here of a fascinating halacha that this is why someone who, let's say, is an atzala, they can return from their call on Shabbos. We understand why someone who's an atzala, who's in emergency services, can go to a call on Shabbos. It's pikuach nefesh. It's of the pikuach nefesh. There's a, a there's a possibility of life is in in sakana in danger. So we allow you to violate Shabbos or Yamtif. But why, why is the Atzala member, why is the EMS allowed to return from the call? At that point, no one's in danger. They've, the person is hopefully now in the hospital in the great care of the doctors. Says their Moshe, because if we don't allow you to return from the call, so who's going to want to be an Atzala? That anytime you get a call in two minutes at the Shabbos, you can end up in the hospital the rest of Shabbos. People are not going to join the EMS. We're going to end up in a situation of no one, no one fulfilling this vital role. Therefore, he says we allow the ending as in people to return home, because we really want to make, ensure that no one uh, no one desists from doing the beginning, and that is going to the call. We allow you to trample the meat, trample the hides, because we don't want people to not shecht on Yom Tov. Lastly, on Yom Tov, one is not allowed to take out a child, or a lulav, or a sefer Torah, to Shusarabim, as in there's a prohibition of carrying on Yom Tov, seemingly. Ubisilu says that one's allowed to. That one is allowed to, and now there's a bit of a, uh, a bit. There's a major machlokus here. What exactly? How far does Be- is Beishamai going? How far is Beishilah going? Is Beishamai prohibiting any carrying, or is he saying you can only you're only allowed, not, not allowed to carry things that don't have a tzarach yontif? If it's tzarach yontif, then you're allowed to carry. And Beishilah is saying no, mutter. There's no prohibition of carrying a yontif. You can carry wherever you want. You don't need an eruv. Or perhaps he's saying no. He, Bishamai, um, meaning, and if, if that's the case, Bishamai is saying one's only allowed to carry for Tzarach Yomtev, for things that are needed for Yomtev. He still says, no, you can carry whatever you want. Or one can learn this, it's Machogos Rashi Tosfus, that Bishamai is saying that you're not allowed to carry in Gansan, you're not allowed to carry at all. And Bishamai is saying, no, you're allowed to carry for things that are Tzarach Yomtev. 
the major nafkamin is going to be is, do you need an Erev on Yom Tif? Because we possibly miss Hillel. Do you need an Erev to carry things that are not Sarach Yom Tif, that are not needed for Yom Tif? Or do we say, no, you can carry it once it's on Yom Tif, you can carry whatever you want. I wish you all a wonderful day.